you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Alexa. Who is Adam Ferrara? Adam Ferrara is an American actor and comedian known for playing the roles of Chief Needles Nelson on Rescue Me, Sergeant Frank Virelli opposite Edie Falco on Nurse Jackie. He was a co-host on the U.S. version of Top Gear, and his current stand-up special is called It's Scary in Here. It's available for you free on YouTube. Adam's new podcast is a big hit and available everywhere. Sounds like it could be funny. Sounds to me like 30 minutes you'll never get back. Ah, oh, we are so glad you're here. It's showtime. Yes, it is. We have got another great show for you again this week. My guest in the ADD interview is an old pal, and you know him from Saturday Night Live. You know him from his one-man shows, the movie Trainwreck. It is my pal, Colin Quinn. Yay. Yes. We want to welcome everyone from our Talk To Me Tuesday family. That's our conversation we have every week, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. On Tuesday nights, you go to my website, you click the link, you join our conversations. We'd love to have you there. And our super fan shout-out is for Scott Burns. Say hi to Scott, everybody. Hey, Scott. Scotty, how you doing, buddy? Scott, Phil says hello. Uh, I actually spoke to him. And, uh, and it, it, Phil, look, Phil loves everybody. I hope you guys know that. Don't you, Phil? No. Okay, maybe it's just me. <laughs> That Phil is upset with. <laughs> he was so he was. Uh, his mom is in Florida, right? And Phil's on a ship, and he can't reach his mom on WhatsApp, and he's worried because the hurricane. There was a hurricane heading there, right where right where she lives. Mm-hmm. So I was on the phone with him. I said, "Give me your mom's number. I'll call. I'll check on. I'll get back to you. You feel better?" He goes, "What a great idea." So I did. Uh huh. What's that mean? It means you're. There's more to the story. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there is. Hold on. <laughs> Everything's all right, right? No. I just got to talk my mother down for 45 minutes. She wants to know how come I have a tattoo on my neck. Okay. <laughs> what? Excuse you? What? What? <laughs> Adam, what is <laughs> Oh, my God. You don't mess with mom. What joke. is so hard about that? Okay, let me tell you. It was a joke, and I swear I thought she got it. She was laughing. <laughs> Goodness. I'm playing for you. you. You're a moron. What is wrong with you? You've gone too far this time. You've gone too far. What? You tell her I have a tattoo on my neck of the Last Supper? She's Catholic. What's, what's the matter with you? It was a joke. She was laughing. It was a joke. She was laughing. I thought she got the joke. <laughs> so she believed you. Apparently, yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Apparently, she thinks that, that Phil has the last supper tattooed That's on his neck. That's a long tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big one. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And, and it went on. 
My mother's 87 years old. She doesn't understand that you're an idiot. She doesn't understand that. <laughs> you call her up with all these lies, like all these details you make up. Like when I swallow, Jesus nods and blesses everybody. What do you come up with? <laughs> um. <laughs> I just made. I thought she. I thought she got the joke, and I was just. I was just tagging it to make her laugh more. She was laughing, but apparently she thought Phil has the capacity to do this. <laughs> Phil, God, she calls my sister. My sister texts me. Did you get a neck tattoo? No, I did not get it. It's proliferate. Everything you do proliferate, and it's bullshit on me. <laughs> Proliferating bullshit every time. Adam, I don't believe you. <laughs> I, I did it. I, I, I look. I didn't. She called the sister. She called the sister. That means she believed you. <laughs> well, she did when I was when I was doing it. She was laughing, so I just thought that she was laughing, and then you know, apparently, you know, she wasn't. <laughs> I, I just love that now you've gone too far. Not. <laughs> You, you know, You've so gone too far this time. By far and half. I swear, Mr. Ferrara. Yeah. Philip White Shoes Cock, that wasn't far enough. But this crossed the line. How dare you, sir? I'm actually torn, Mark. Of course, it's Adam and what he does, but I kind of want to see that tattoo. On his neck? <laughs> Anyone listening, get a picture of Phil <laughs> and Photoshop the Last Supper tattoo on his neck. I, I yes. was just like, that would be intriguing to, for me to, see, to see that. Yeah, yeah. I'm kind yeah. of curious how that so, would look on his neck. So now yeah, you want to see. I am. I am. Adam's apple when he swallows. Oh, that's where you do it? Jesus blesses oh, everybody. Oh, that's what you meant. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. right there. Right there. Yeah. I do like some neck tattoos. Well, that one will get you into heaven. It's I, a little blasphemous. Depends on your neck. <laughs> right. And where's Judas? Your what five o'clock shadow. Mm -hmm. yeah, where is Judas? Judas would be around the ear, no? Yeah, I would think behind the ear. What, didn't you hear me when I said don't trust him? <laughs> Did you not hear me? I'm, you're right above. The ear is right above you. You couldn't hear me say don't trust this bastard. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great, though? You get there and there's St. Pete and he's like, oh, what, what is that? Is it the Last Supper? Look at, hey, everyone, look at this. Hey, you, you come right in, Phil. Oh, this, <laughs> this, this guy really wants in. All right, let's bring him up. <laughs> JC, you got to see this. He's got the whole thing on your neck. Is that me? <laughs> Doesn't look like me. Doesn't look like me. Swallow again. Let me see that. What wow, is, that is me. What is that on his head? What What is that on my head? That's an ingrown hair. That's, that's not your head. It's an ingrown hair. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry. Let's move on. All oh, right. my goodness. I had to take a picture of my neck, send it to my sister, and so my sister could show it to my mother so my mother can see this, that Jesus isn't on my neck. <laughs> <laughs> he had to take a picture yeah. of his neck. Yeah. Or else she wouldn't believe yeah, she him. him. <laughs> you send mom a picture of your naked neck right now if you don't have one. Do you know what this means? What? His mom believes you more than him. <laughs> yeah. That's where we're at. That's. Yeah. His mom is saying he's stupid enough to do this. <laughs> I'm calling his sister. Oh, man. And by the way, Phil's sister or Phil's mom is listening right now. He actually has a tattoo. That's makeup he put on his neck. <laughs> Don't believe him. Yeah, I just can't call you. I asked you to check on my mother because she might be dead in a hurricane. Maybe her roof came off. Holy shit, dude. Phil was worried that his mom would be in danger. You know. Yes, so, like a good boy. Yes. yes, and I was just trying to help him, and things got it got a little confusing. I thought, like a bad boy. I I just thought she understood the joke. I really did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, and I hope this isn't a sin. I'm I'm kind of glad she didn't because this was fun for me. <laughs> yes, we know Adam. <laughs> but it was funny. I was talking to Colin Quinn, and um, he had the he had the heart attack, and I asked him about it. And I said, did it change you at all? He goes, nah, sometimes you realize you're just going to die. You're not going to have time. So, yeah, life is precious. Wow. Yeah, life is precious. So so laugh when you can. Laugh when you can. And, and get a neck to tattoo while you can. Yeah, laugh when you can. And I'm going to swallow right now and bless everybody. <laughs> Goodness. You guys listen to this, and we will see you on the other side. Life is precious because it is in this human form that your senses, your experiences, your emotions and your feelings are all rooted into your own mental awareness. That ability of making things happen, making this moment constructive, is a potential that we all have. 
as a human being. I just got to talk my mother down for 45 minutes. She wants to know how come I have a tattoo on my neck. Okay. <laughs> what? Excuse you? What? You're listening to the Adam Ferrara Podcast. This is 30 minutes you'll never get back. This is how you spend your time. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I got some stand updates for you tomorrow, December 2nd, and Saturday, December 3rd. I am at Magoopy's Joke House in Timonium, Maryland. Then, December 8th through December 10th, I am in Savannah, Georgia, at the District Live, brought to you by the Big Comedy Network. New Year's Eve, I will be in Las Vegas. That's right, New Year's in Vegas, baby. I will be at the Suncoast Hotel and Casino, and just added in February, February 9th through the 11th, I will be at Helium in Indianapolis. February 17th and 18th I will be at, back at Uncle Vinny's in Point Pleasant, New Jersey and I'm going home February 24th and 25th to Strong Island, baby I will be at Governor's in Levittown, Long Island uh, There's a link to tickets right here in the show notes so you can go to my website click the link there and you know I want to say hello to you so come up after the show and let me shake your hand for all the love and support you've shown me and this podcast Now, pack it up and get out of here ADHD, it's not just for kids. Welcome to the ADD interview. It's not that you're not interesting, it's just that I can't focus. And my guest this week is... Oh, look, a bird! My guest this week is a writer, actor, and the quintessential stand-ups stand-up. You know him from Saturday Night Live's Weekend Update, Tough Crowd with Colin Quinn, the movie Trainwreck, as well as his one-man shows Irish Wake, My Two Cents, Long Story Short, Unconstitutional, Red State, Blue State, and his new show, Small Talk, will debut at the Lucille Ball Theater this January. He hates podcasts, he was ghosted by his therapist, and he told me that anything you do takes everything you've got. So the next 30 minutes for him should be excruciating. He's somebody I really <laughs> admire, and I'm grateful he's made time for us today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Colin Quinn. How are you, my friend? Hi, Adam. How are you? I'm good, brother. Thank you so much for doing this. I know how much you don't like podcasts, yet you're a great guest on them. I hate them. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's why I started to sell you like, oh, I oh, hate I them. <laughs> I really hate them. <laughs> I know. I can't believe they're so popular. But you're a great guest on them, uh, and 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 you're. Well, and I meant every word I said. I do admire, though I will deny I said that because there'll be no living with you. And just you are the comics that when you're one of those guys that when you're working, you're in the back of the room watching you work because it's it's what I do love about what you do is you know whenever I'm at the cellar and you're working on something, it, it's not just. You're not preaching. You're you're it's considered. Your stuff is considered. It's it's like you have both sides and you present both sides. Well, yeah, especially because thank you. And it's because the most important thing is to make jokes. Mm -hmm. I don't care if you're one side or the other side. 
I want to see the joke. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Nobody speaking of preaching. People think this is my time. I'm going to speak the truth. <laughs> you don't have the truth. Yes. Nobody has the truth. Nobody has solutions. The truth is solutions. Yeah. So in the meantime, you know, say what you want, of course, but try to make it funny, please. That's almost, you know, it's crazy. Yeah, it's funny. It's not a rally. And I hate when people go, you know, I got to tell like it is. Really? You're the keeper of reality, Marge? Come on. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, your your one man shows uh, have taken you know the art form to an entire another level, or really another level. Oh, thanks! And um, it's not just me saying that. You have a a fan that I I was wondering if you would recognize this voice. And I don't mean to put you on the spot. I'm hoping it brings you a smile. Colin, I was so lucky to be at your LA show not too long ago, and of course you were brilliant. But many, many years ago, you made my father happy when we all visited him in the hospital. And we had an incredible time at my house in Montauk. And if I'm not mistaken, I think we made out once. I think. Alicia Coppola. Nope. Jim Norton. Oh, well, that could have been true for either one. It's Alicia That's all right. Yeah. I love you. I adore you. I love you. My buddy, Adam. And hopefully we don't waste too much time before we get to spend some time together. All right, boys, love have it. fun. Yeah. She's great. She's a sweetheart. Great. We, we, did a, we did a TV show together, and then, you know, we... Oh, you did? Yeah. Nice. Who, who do you know? Who do you know? And then when your name came up, we both uh, got big smiles on our face. And she That's went great. to see your show here. She went to see the, yeah. the last show here. And the construction of those shows is what I wanted to ask you about. Because that's, I mean, first of all, it's a lot of work. You know, not, not just, I mean, not that stands not a lot of work, but there's a lot of concentrated work on a single subject. And when you put it, I see you working on, on them at the, uh, at the cellar. But you're, yeah. the way the way you do it, I mean, just the way the sausage is made, you know, you're pl- you're still doing your set yet getting work done. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I that's that's the hardest part. I feel like here's the hardest parts of comedy. Once again, every podcast discusses comedy, but here's the part we don't nobody discusses, mm-hmm. which is. How do you get the. Hard new stuff in the in the set, but more important to me, the biggest problem Memorization. Memorization is the hardest part of comedy. Really? I, I think so. I, I think it's well for me. It's 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 inspiration when I'm not on stage. If that makes any sense. Oh, I'm the opposite. I can't write on stage. Yeah. Only off stage. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, for me, it's it's the inspiration when I'm not on stage. Like I, I'll be honest with you, Carl. I don't know what I'm thinking till I get on stage. Really? Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah, I can't do it that way. Until I'm in the moment with the people and I have the idea. And one of the things, my state of grace is when I'm improving with the audience. And I've, I've come to a point where uh, I can get into that space and then interject an idea, but allow the idea to live and breathe in that space and see what it wants to tell me. Does that make any sense? Yeah, but except I can't do that. A lot of, some people have your technique. Mm-hmm. I wish I could be like that. See, I, I'm the opposite. I wish I could sit with you well, the way you do it and sit with a paper yeah. and just start writing. I mean, it's it's it's, it's it, that is something I've always admired. Bill Sheff used to write for uh, um, Letterman. And Letterman. all those guys amazed me. They sat in a cubicle with a newspaper and just banged out 10, 20 jokes on a subject. I, I'll go out of my friggin' mind. That's why Hemingway drank. He sat in a room looking at a blank page. Yes, he drank and smoked. Yeah. But that was a, that was a different time, you know? Like those guys... Uh, you know, they got away with it, but some of them didn't get away with it, like mm. William Faulkner and stuff. And, and uh, but yeah, I mean, ideally it's both. Mm. Ideally, we all know, ideally comedy, you write, then you go up, then the audience does help edit and create. Right. Just the energy changes, changes it. Mm-hmm. It changes it. Like they would say, the observer effect or whatever. With comedy, it's the listening effect, whatever. You know what I mean? There's something that happens in the room that changes it sure. for the better. Sure. So so it is both. Yeah, I guess it's both. And how much of it, because uh, Jerry Seinfeld directed two of them, yes? Yeah. How was that, uh, um, you know, having someone else not only shape your stuff? Because that's what a lot of people go, well, what does the director do for a one-man show? Tell you where to stand? Yes, and he shapes yeah. the vision. What does somebody do for a, a direct a show with eight people? You know what I mean? How yeah. is that different? When everybody goes... What do you do with one man? All right, what do you do with eight people, smart guy? You know, yeah. and they're like, oh yeah, 
you tell them where to stand, tell them where to move, help out with beats and rhythm, but you know. Um, but yeah, so I understand why people would say that, but it's not true. But um, yeah, I mean, he's great to work with, of course, because he's a comedian, mm. so he's got his take on things, but you know it is all comedians. Everyone, I don't care if it's somebody who's been an open micer for a month. Mm -hmm. If you tell them something and you've been doing it 30 years and they're like, oh my God, you're my idol. When you tell them, hey, you should say it this way, they look at you like, I say it my way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's just how we are. Yeah. That's why we're comedians. Yeah. Well, that, my, that's my question. Did did Jerry, was it hard to take direction from, from Jerry? Oh, yeah, we had, we had some clashes, but, mm -hmm. you know, it's great because he's got... Uh, he understands things that I don't understand too, which is, always helps. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like he gets things about structure, and if he says I don't get that, he's not afraid to go. I don't get that. What is that? Right. Then you're like, well, if he doesn't understand it, I'm not saying it right. Right. So you know, that's that's helpful. You know. Yeah. It's always good. Anytime you work with anybody other than yourself, you get humility and reality. That's what's great about an audience too. Yeah. You get, you know, what I mean, you get to look and go, hey. Not everything I say is gold, you know. You have to really work it, you know. See, that's where we have a problem. Everything I say is gold, and I just wish these people would catch up. I can't. I write, believe me, I, everything I've ever written, I'm like, I'm going to throw out a lot of my old stuff. And I'm like, no, I don't throw it out. That could be good. That's yeah. Be <laughs> I know what I am, Colin. I'm an emotional hoarder. That's what I am. Yeah. I <laughs> me? Well, it's funny you said that. I'm a digital hoarder. Yeah. I really am a digital hoarder. You're afraid to throw stuff? Me too. I'm afraid to throw stuff out. And I, I've got, I'm afraid to throw it out. I got garbage. I got garbage that I can't let go of. And I, I got written shit. Look at the. I'm, this is just the ramblings of yeah. the notebooks I have here. I'm, yeah, me too. I'm the guy from Seven with the notebooks and the head in me a box. Too. Me too. I bet we're all like that, yeah. Does it bring, and I know why I do, it brings me comfort and it structures the anxiety because a lot of my procrastination technique before I write is yeah. I'll organize my notes because it's like I'm working, but I'm not. But I know I'm full of right. shit, you know? Right, yeah. No, it's 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 definitely crazy uh, to, watch our mind, to watch comedians just the restlessness and, yeah. the, and, that, and that weird personality that just i feel like so many comedians have you know yeah but to have the uh, the observation of it i mean i was reading uh i was reading something that uh i think you did it at the david lynch center with, with apatow you you said you you've been meditating for five years right right yeah right. that was about seven years ago all six right. years ago all right so you're but you're about 10 years in, on the path no i'm not no because i did it twice a day when i was so busy twice a day every mm -hmm. day for 20 minutes the minute COVID kicked in, when I had all the time to stay and meditate, I stopped meditating. Really? Now I do it once a day. Did you notice when you stopped, did, were you aware of any difference? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm more tired, mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm more, uh, I'm a little less focused. Yeah. But I don't care. I just, you know, you get pissed off at certain things. You do something for a long time, and then you're just like, that's it. And you get mad and you stop doing it. Yeah. Oh, God. But believe me, I don't think my mantra should be son of a bitch, son of a bitch, son of a bitch, son of a bitch. <laughs> right, right, right. But it does what, what it did for me. And I wanted to ask you this is when you said you're more tired, it does. I don't know if it energizes me. I know if I don't do it, I'm spending more energy on bullshit. And when I say bullshit, I mean worry. Yes, that's true, too. Yeah. But I just uh, I hate talking about meditation because everybody listening to the podcast justifiably so mm. is saying are these two show business idiots talking about meditation <laughs> they're yeah. correct yeah i had imperioli on and we started talking for 20 minutes and we had the same thing we turned it over like is that i said i don't know <laughs> it's the same oh, thing god it's where let's face it at least the positive thing is most of us in comedy know we're insufferable yeah. I don't know if the rest of show business has caught up to that yet. Yeah. You're insufferable. You know what I mean? Does it bring you, right, what brings you peace in your work? I know what brings it to me. In the actual work, when I finish something, like when I did New York Story mm -hmm. and filmed it, and it had a beginning, middle, and end, which even I was like, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Even if it's not true, it makes some kind of artistic sense. Right. That kind of stuff brings me joy, yeah. So do you, you you don't have any joy in the doing of it? You like you like Dorothy Parker. I don't like writing. I like having written. Um. Well, I mean, of course, I'd rather. But I mean, writing is hard. But no, I like when I get that little moment where you go, ah, ah, joke, 
that's funny. Yeah. And then you find out on stage, one out of five of those is, is really funny. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's, but that's good too. That's part of the process. You know? Yeah. And you keep doing it. I mean, to throw yourself into yeah. that artistic, I'll say, I'll, I'll say artistic danger, artistic courage. You know, you, you're not, you're not seeing combat, but you are putting yourself into right. that emotional peril to come up with something. What, what, drives you to do that besides the mortgage <laughs> yeah i mean it's because at a certain after a certain amount of time we know we have the ability to make a crowd laugh mm-hmm. which is an amazing thing sure but then you want to say can i make a crowd laugh and say something i feel like is interesting to me mm-hmm. that is something that i want to talk about and then that becomes the other angle you know what yeah. I mean? and that's just it just so happens that what interests me to talk about is the most uh, annoying, boring subjects. That happens to be my area of interest. So when I have to make them funny, it's that's part of the challenge. But it's really what I'm interested in. So that's the way it is. You know? I, I disagree. You have big, broad subjects, but you bring them down to the, the right, micro. I'm trying to bring them down. You bring them down to the micro. I'm bringing them down for myself, too. Yeah. Believe me, the only reason the Constitution Show works is because I'm like, what does this Constitution mean? Mm-hmm. What am what does it mean? I'm not trying to explain it to people. I'm trying to explain it to myself and people. So mm-hmm. that's why it, it's a good process because it teaches me what the Constitution means too. Yeah. You know? it's, it's the old theory of telling your truth and hoping it reaches a broader audience because it's got to come from authenticity. Yeah. I, I found this quote Norton said about uh, in your – I think it was your Forbes article. Colin is so brilliant at what he's doing because he's writing about things he wants to talk about. What comics should strive for is to be honest as possible and put being funny first, and you do that. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like we said at the beginning of this, it's like if you're not getting laughs, you may be a genius. I mm-hmm. don't know. But you're not – you're false advertising by saying it's a comedy show. Yeah. Yeah. But, because but, you're not getting laughs. It could be brilliant. You should advertise a philosopher or a, or a preacher. But when you're I mean, – comedy, if it's not eliciting laughs, that's not comedy. Yeah. Now, was there funny in the house growing up with you? No. I mean, I was funny. I was always funny. I was always – I was always – you know, a big mouth kid mm-hmm. that never shut up. And I was funny. Everybody in my family thought I was funny. My cousins thought I was funny. My friends thought I was funny. School, I was a class clown. I was such a cliche. Right. I, and I've said it before, but I really, and I'm not saying this to be humble, I peaked at 14. And everyone <laughs> that grew up with me knows that's true. Right. Everyone that knows me from childhood <laughs> will tell you that's true. I peaked at 14. It's been, I was never funnier than 13, 14. Uh, I'll never reach that, that, you know, that pinnacle top. That's what, yeah, that's where I was. And how, how do you know that? Because people said it to me all the time and I'm like, yeah, that's true. Like people, anybody that grew up with me will sit, will tell you it's the truth. Mm -hmm. I know it. Everybody that grew up with me. Yeah, but the people telling you that Colin were 14 years old. You can't believe them. No, no. Everybody, I've said it to other people that didn't even think about it. Not mm-hmm. that, you know, people don't spend their whole day thinking about how I was at 14, but they go, you really were funny. <laughs> I was, it was a different level. It was another level. Mm-hmm. I'll never be that again. I I wasn't just doing, I know you're sitting there thinking I was doing 14-year-old. I wasn't doing fart jokes. No. Okay? I'll give you I'll give you my first official joke that I remember saying. Go ahead. Some, one friend of mine was, t- and I almost got punched for it. <laughs> I go, my friend's telling me a story, and it was boring, so I go, Hey, my foot fell asleep. You mind if I join it? <laughs> that's like a that's like a Bob Hope movie line. Sure, that's great. I, I used to watch Bob Hope movies in Bing Crosby. Yeah, it's like I had a few zingers. You know what I mean? Yeah, I used to watch The Odd Couple and 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 Oscar and Felix, and that was you know my thing. By the way, one of the greatest uh, things of all time was Steve Wright when he gave that Oscar speech. You ever see that? He won Best Short Film, mm-hmm. Comedy Short Film. They had a category like 1991 or whatever it was, you know? Yeah. But he, his speech was so beautiful. He gets up and he goes, thank you. And this is an honor. He goes, but my film is not as funny as any episode of The Odd Couple. <laughs> yeah. Great. But when we're 14, Kyle, that's put into our heads and we're not thinking. It's just coming out. It's just this. Yeah. So uh, I, the only reason I'm pushing you back. You don't have to make a living. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm not, I'm, the only reason I'm pushing back on you that you've peaked at 14 is because you didn't know any better. You know, you were just being. Yeah, well, that's a big thing, as you know. I was, that's the funny thing about stand-up. When you talk about being, mm-hmm. I feel like it took it took me 10 years. Right. I feel like it takes at least five years till you can be on stage. You know, when you first start, you're like, imitate whoever you like. Sure. And then you start to grow into, but you're still trying. And. The big, look, the biggest mistake when anybody, even non-comedians, tries to be funny is when they push it. Mm-hmm. And you're funny when you're just speaking and you're just being. So that is interesting term. In general, in comedy, when they're teaching comedy classes, if teaching being, when they always say, you got to get up, you got to get up on stage. What does that mean? It means you have to become comfortable. Mm-hmm. Like in acting, they say, be comfortable imaginary circumstances in public. Uh with us being private in public, with us, it's being not imaginary. It's being private in public, but in reality, mm-hmm. there's no character to hide behind. You ever hear that great joke by uh, about comedians about you know um, the guy that does he wants to be an actor? He does Hamlet. He's a comedian. Mm-hmm. You know that one? No. He's doing Hamlet and he's terrible, and the crowd starts walking out of the show. He's just not good, and then they keep walking, and finally, he just turns. In the middle of the monologue, goes, hey, come on, folks. I didn't write this shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I wanted, I wanted to go back to when to, to 14, because you, you stopped drinking early. You, you were a kid. Yeah. You, you and Bobby. Bobby was like 15, Bobby Kelly. He was like yeah. 15 when he stopped. Yeah, he was younger than me. And that's a big awareness to get as a kid. Well, I was 20, I think I was 24. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't 15, but I was 24. But I had no, there was, I, I was, put it this way, there was no big awareness to get. I was the last to know. Right. <laughs> the judge thought it was a good idea. No, nobody around me goes, you quit drinking. People were like, oh my God, how long you have to take a hint? So, for me, it, was, it wasn't a shock to anybody. <laughs> Yeah. Were you afraid you weren't going to be funny anymore if you stopped? Because at that point, I'm sure it was... comedy at that point? Yeah, but it was your part no, of your I'm personality, like... wasn't it? It was a part of my personality, but I was so... No, I mean, I, wouldn't even... I wasn't even thinking about doing comedy at that mm-hmm. time. I, I mean, I don't know what I was thinking, but I was not thinking rationally. I mean, my, my life was really... I. I... When I got into I got into comedy because I had nothing to lose because I lost my best friend drinking. Mm-hmm. So I was like, and now I don't care. I was scared to do comedy. Right before that, I was petrified to get on stage because I had lost all that everything when you know from drinking and all the confidence and all the like you said the 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 being mm-hmm. and being yourself. All that was gone. Right. You know what I mean? From drinking, so I was in a weird space. But then once I quit drinking, I was like, I have nothing to lose. I don't care. I'll do comedy. And I was so lucky to have comedy come into my life at that time because I was so depressed that I stopped, you know, drinking, which was my only goal in life was to go to bars, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I was so lucky. I was so lucky to have comedy because that was a nightly thing to do that still got your adrenaline going Mm -hmm. and still something about it. You know what I mean? And I'm, it was, and ironically, once I started comedy, all my dreams of people offering free drinks and free cocaine <laughs> was happening every night, but I wasn't taking it. I was like, great. I waited for this my whole life. <laughs> in the 80s, people come up and try to give you coke yeah. after the show. People did that to me at least 10 times, invited me to coke parties 30 times. Sure. When I was on MTV, forget it. And I was like, nope, because I, I knew I, I didn't, you know what I mean? I knew the party wasn't going to be that night for me, not, yeah. not the way I was, you know? So luckily... I didn't take them up on it, but, but yeah, the, but comedy's definitely saved my life. You know, at least I feel like it did. You know, yeah. who knows? And the party must have got bigger on Saturday Night Live. How did you get Weekend Update? No, Saturday Night Live wasn't that bad. Hmm. When I was there, it was a real straight hour crew. People forget that that crew. Will, Sherry, mm-hmm. uh, Anna, uh, you know, Tim, all of them, you know, um, Tina, Adam McKay. All these people were real serious people. Like, they weren't out there getting wasted. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't... Everybody always thinks of SNL. 
The SNL was the party days was the original cast. Right. After that, there were a few party animals, but most people were dead serious. They were, you know, it was a different world, you know? And so, yeah, that was, I was just hired as a writer. Fred Wolf got me hired as a writer. Mm -hmm. And he was a comedian, you know, and great comedian. And he was one of the head writers. And, got me. and then I was there, and I was just there at the right time when all these things happened that happened in a row. So I was very lucky to be there at that time mm -hmm. when it was a whole shift in things. Yeah. And it was, but that seems like that was a lot of work, that segment, because that was the most prepared and you had to do it every week. That segment, yes. But that segment, the me in that segment, I'm the wrong person to ask. When I tell you my, I, the first two and a half years of Saturday Night Live was, I loved every minute of it. Mm -hmm. The last two and a half when I was doing Weekend Update was living hell for me and for Lauren and maybe for the audience too. I mean, all you have to do is see me, I'm like this the entire time in mm -hmm. my suit and everything about it, that symbolizes, you know, it was just discomfort. Really? That's all. You know, and partially because I, I realized years later, it hit me, I go, I was punishing myself for taking over for Norm, too. Like, I was so unaccustomed to being in a position where you're the one they bring in because the other guy's being wild. Mm-hmm that I couldn't handle it. And I was like, I, so I sabotaged whatever it could have been. Who knows if it could have been anything anyway, but I definitely sabotaged it at that time, you know? Even though I worked hard on it, sure. I sabotaged it when I was up there. And Lauren even once said to me, he goes, you know, after I'd done like 10 of them, he goes, you can stop apologizing now. Mm. And I was like, what's he talking about, apologizing? What's he, what does that mean? You know what I mean? Of course, he knew what he meant. Yeah. Well, but what he should, yeah. What he should have said is what? He should have said, listen, I'm paying for you for a deep summer therapy session. I don't want to see you <laughs> until you come back and you stop apologizing for the segment because you're getting in the way of my enjoyment of my own show. <laughs> well, you were still doing your work, but you weren't. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I just, want to, I just want to clarify. You were still doing your work. You have that work ethic. You were delivering. But the punishment, right. if, I, if I'm hearing you correctly, is you weren't allowing yourself to enjoy it. Is that accurate? I was. No, I was just. It was one of those times you could just see it in my face and in my voice. Yeah. That I'm just, you know what I mean? I'm, I refuse to. Whatever that is, I yeah refuse to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I just be like, it was like it was like listening to like a like a hungover priest. <laughs> Don Gavin. <laughs> I, I said a hungover priest, not a drunk priest. <laughs> yeah. How about Don Gavin? Yeah. When he goes, I'm not a religious man. Remember that. <laughs> Well, I, the reason so I wanted to funny. ask you is because that's how I punish myself. I do not allow myself to enjoy it, but right. I'm right. such an obsessive guy about responsibility to do my work. I will do it, but I'll punish me. Me too. Yeah. Yes, that's right. And when I punish me, I punish the audience. Yeah. Because the audience reads that you're not enjoying yourself. Yeah. And you're just trying to make, to do a good job and hand in your thing correctly. And that's not what... People get to live vicariously through our enjoyment, too. Yeah. So we're supposed to be having fun. Yeah. Yeah, we're up there. We're yep. supposed to be the emotional leader. That It's okay. I'm giving you permission. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just like, how dare you people laugh at me? Do you have any idea what a piece of shit I am? Right, right, right. But you never see that in yourself until late years later, you know? Yeah. Like, if you, like if you said that to me, like, 20-something years ago, I'd be like, yeah, some people are like that. But I wouldn't understand <laughs> You know what I mean? That was you. Yeah. But that's the thing. But that's that's what. But you you have a glimpse into that inside of other people. I mean, one of the one of your bits. It's a little bit makes me laugh when you're in the hospital room. I forget the setup, but you're in the hospital oh, room. Yeah. They took our chairs. Did you see they took our chairs? It's just that little yeah. fucking that that piece of human nature is is brilliant yeah. to me. Thanks, and it's so sad that that's such a human thing. That even in these situations where everybody's got mutual tragedy, mm -hmm. it turns into a little mini war. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. But that's yeah. That, that's the human. And it, but it's also the internal war. And, and like you said, as you get right. older, you don't realize that. You know, now it's like I realized I'm pretty sure I'm the problem, Colin. Yes, it's so funny. You know, I give uh, sometimes the young comedians that ask me for advice, mm -hmm. and I give them advice, and I can just see them looking at me like. 
after a minute. Like they at the beginning, if it's practical, they're like, yeah. But once you get into what we're talking about, they go like this. They have no idea nope. what nope. I'm talking about. No. Nope. And I didn't. I didn't understand either. I didn't either. But people told me. I thought I did. I had no idea. Joe List told me when I ran into him, he goes, you gave me great advice when you came into Boston. And I'm thinking I gave him like this big philosophical thing. You know what I told him? Empty your pockets. Looks like you got a garage door open in your pants. What? It's great. You're wearing khaki <laughs> pants, your wallet's in your front. But people think you just you just was shoplifting and you stopped by to tell jokes. That's what he remembered. But, so, but guess what? But that's... a. A deep thing, which is you look like you don't want to be there. You got mm. other things going on. Yeah. That's what you're telling them, too. You're telling them, why are you on stage? Be on stage. These people don't care that you have another center across town. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let me ask you this. Did the, uh, you had a health thing. You had the heart attack. Yeah. That change you at all? Yeah, maybe a little, but I mean, not that much. But it changed me in the sense that I know, like, I'm like, oh, yeah. Because so, I used to always think, when I find out I'm going to die, mm-hmm. I'm going to get all my hoarder material together, put it in order, and then put it out some form. And now I'm like, oh, yeah, sometimes you just die. You don't get yeah, 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 you don't know it. I <laughs> forgot about that. I forgot about that part. <laughs> it's not always like, it's not always a doctor's office going, you're going to die in six months. Sometimes you just die. And I was like, ah. I was in the ambulance like, oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> Oh, is this going to be inconvenient? <laughs> right, right. Instead of being like, I know the way it's going to go. It's like, no, sometimes you don't. You forgot that half the people just go, oh, die. Yeah. Yeah. Well, did it change your outlook at all? I think uh, is a question I wanted to ask. I mean, I'm sure a little bit, but it, yeah. it didn't make me into like, you know what I mean? Like I said, I've, I've meditated less since all this stuff happened. Right. And uh, between COVID and my heart attack. But I mean, plus I feel like I was... I feel like part of the reason I didn't meditate as much because every other heart attack, mm-hmm. I resented meditation because I was like, I thought meditation lowered your blood pressure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of like hitting back against medication going, yeah, yeah, here you go. You know, so yeah, yeah. Again, withholding participation because you because of a, a false belief. I had the same thing. It's like it, I'm still. I them. I'll sh- I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, it's like you think that the, you can't avoid pain in life, you, no matter what you do. God is still right. a concept of Santa Claus. I'm good. How could this happen right. to me? You know. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. If I do the right things, how dare you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm there now. I'm and I'm. I fight it every fucking day. I still resent that I had to quit cigarettes, and that was 31 years ago. Really? I love cigarettes. I still resent that I had to give them up. I yeah. love cigarettes. I stand by cigarettes today. I see <laughs> cigarettes. I smell smoke. I love it. Yeah, I got I, I haven't smoked in 30. Yeah. I haven't smoked. I, my, my dad went out uh, with, he had bladder cancer, and I was in the office with him. Um, and the doctor goes, you smoke? He goes, yeah. He goes, that did it. And I went, all right, I'm not going out this way. Wow. Yeah. He smoked Luckies without a filter. Because the filter's bad for you. <laughs> and how about how about the old fashioned doctors? Mm-hmm. Boy, doc, you don't want to couch that, do you? That did it. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Nowadays, it'd be like, listen, here's the way it is. Yeah. We're not gonna. It would take them ten minutes to say this is serious. Yeah. And they're like, smoke. Yeah, that did it. That did it. Next. Hey, nice. <laughs> Nice bed. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Tell me about the new show. It opens up at the Lucille Ball uh, Theater in uh, January. I've seen you working on it. It's hysterical. Give, give me the overview for Thanks. the audience. Yeah. Well, so far, I mean, it changes, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, um, but so far, it's basically about human. It's about personality, mm-hmm. human beings, personalities, and how we form individual and and societal personality. So mm-hmm. right now, you could say, I do say the national personality is sort of this penitent kind of, uh, you know, like in the old days, America, just for one bigger example of a country personality, would be looking to the future, mm-hmm. right? And this hope and possibility. And now the national personality, generally speaking, is looking to the past yeah 
and apologizing for the past, mm. for the sins, and trying to get absolution for our past. So that's a big, that's a big, broad example. But there's all little individual personality, yeah. and that's all kinds of that stuff. You know? Yeah, it, and I think it connect. And I'm, I'm not putting words, but I just know what my experience, what I'm noticing. It's connecting to shortages. People are sitting there going, "Where? How? I'm so sorry. What did we do to deserve this? You know." It's like that, that, that. But they're right. Yeah. It's not our fault. There's eight billion people on the planet. Yeah, that's just eight, and every one of them, Colin, is in front of me in traffic, making a left turn. That's how I feel. <laughs> yes, yes, that's human nature too. <laughs> yeah. Again, it goes down. It's it's not just one thing. Groups. Right. That's the one thing I love about. I've been a student of you because we're at the cellar all the time, and I'm watching the way you work. Yeah. And yeah. it's the broad general statement. And then it boils down into what's essentially a scene of two personalities. Right. So it goes from yeah. a group to a human being to two human beings to the human condition, if, if I'm uh, observing accurately. Yeah, so, right. And you're right. Well, I appreciate that because I've never looked at it like that exactly. That's exactly right. Because, and like, you, like I said, it clarifies it in my mind, too, because mm -hmm. I can't understand the big picture of it when you go... Oh, God, it's like this on every level. Like how they always say, I don't know nothing about science, but they always say every every plant, every atom has the exact same properties. Mm -hmm. Not atom, but, you know, has the exact same property as every big, you know. So it's like it's weird that everything is exactly a, just a different version of the same thing. Yeah, everything is, if, if you boil down to life itself, it's pure potentiality. And then. Yeah. 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 But I tell you, man, I enjoy watching you work, and I meant what I said in my introduction. You're someone I've always admired, um, just because you just you do it and you do it so fucking good, brother. And I I know how much you hate. So these. do you? Are you kidding me? I no, you do the same thing. I love guys like us that keep doing it, keep coming up with new material, and still work with the crowd. It's not that simple. Yeah, not everybody does it. Yeah, but it's a gift to us, man. And, and do me a favor, be nice yeah, to well, my friend Colin, and let him enjoy a little bit of life. All right. I'll try. He could die at any fucking That's minute. <laughs> I'll see you at the club, there baby. I'll see you. Um, Thanks. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hi, this is Colin Quinn. And that was 30 Minutes I'll Never Get Back. Oh, I, I love Colin, and I am so grateful he, he did this for us because he hates them. I remember when I saw him at the cell, he's like, oh, come on. I go, I never <laughs> ask you for nothing, and he did it. So, mm -hmm. and, I, and I really, he's one of the smartest guys uh, I've ever met, and, I always, and I'm one of the guys standing in the back watching him work when he's working. Yeah, he has that voice that you want to listen to. Yeah, and, mm -hmm. and the insight that we yeah, can die at any moment. <laughs> oh, I, okay. It's true. Yeah, I, first of all, I love Colin Quinn. Mm -hmm. Like, I've been a fan. This is the first time I've ever seen him. So great to hear you guys talk and really get into stuff. But, yeah, when he said, I mean, yeah, that was his lesson from the heart attack was sometimes you just go. Yeah. And you know what? That's 100% right. Nobody is promised tomorrow. We all think in our mind mm -hmm. that we're going to have this big wind up of like, oh, I'll get my bucket list off. I'll get all my ducks in a row and I get to tell everybody, you know, how much I love them or in certain cases, how much you hate them or however you want to roll with that. Mm -hmm. But sometimes, you know, it doesn't work out like that and you just go. Yeah. And so and this might sound like a weird way to sort of process that. But I made a promise with myself a long time ago because this sort of went through my brain a while ago. And so now I'm the guy that really tries to go overboard and tell people how much I love them like right now, mm -hmm. because I don't want to miss that opportunity. I want I don't want it to be something left unsaid. And then I go away and then you never get that that emotion out there. So right. I'm a big believer in letting people know how much I love them like right now in the moment. So you want. Yeah. So you don't want to leave anything undone. You just want to let everybody know exactly how you feel while you're here. Yeah. There's two things. I love you. 
just delete my search history. Those mm. are the only things you need to remember. <laughs> right. Okay, I love you. Get rid of the search history. Right. By the way, honey. Yeah. Mark has never told me he loves me. So what does that say? Ooh, ouchie. Okay. Uh, yeah. Never uh, once. Adam. The cat. I love every you every time. Very much. Now I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> now it's cheap. Yeah. Okay. I I do have those moments sometimes, like uh, when I call my mom and I forget to tell her I love mm -hmm. her. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to call her back. Yeah, I do it with my mom, too. I call her up and go, Ma, I just needed to hear your voice and tell you I love you. Adam, you're a pain in the ass. And she hangs up. Yeah, but that makes you <laughs> smile, right? It does. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I do it a couple times a day. So just to... <laughs> well, that's something else. <laughs> but, you know, I, I also remember, like, we've all been to funerals, unfortunately, in our lives. Mm -hmm. And there's somebody always up there saying... I wish I had spent more time with so-and-so. I yeah. wish I had had more conversations. So with my parents, particularly, I said to myself a long time, I'm not going to let that happen. So I, you know, I, I talk to them all the time and, and I know, and you know, what's funny. I was thinking about the other day when this finally does happen and they pass, I'm still going to be up there and say, I wish I had more time to spend with them. Yeah. There's never enough time, but you gotta, you gotta be there and you gotta let people know how you feel. Like, don't, don't like hide in the weeds. Don't be like a tough guy and never let your emotions down. Mm -hmm. You know, if you love people, let that love out. I, I'm a big believer in that. And I love the two of you guys so much, even you too, Adam. Don't you forget about that. I'm sorry. I wasn't listening. I <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> when you were talking, I got a little Adam in me. What? I was thinking to myself, this is Mark's parents. He's calling again. Once <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing left to talk to him about. Yes, I told him we went shopping. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we hit the weather. We hit the Patriots. We got nothing else to talk about. That's why. I do, that's why I, I always try and tell Phil. I said, Phil, look, we can go at any minute, and I want you to know I love you. Who gives a shit? We're all going to hell. Nice. <laughs> nice. Thanks, Phil. Let me ask you, Adam, is mm. that how you find your peace? I think is it that is. How you... <laughs> I think it is. When life gets too much for me, I'm like, you know, I, I, I try to be of service to others so I, I get the focus off myself. But what really brings me happiness is the bullshit train is coming my way. Things are better now. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, yeah, enjoying the doing, you know, I think that's the philosophy. There it right? is right there. <laughs> you know, Colin said, you know, we're both insufferable. Yeah, and you're, you're like, you know what I mean? And then you skipped. And I, and I thought to myself, I know what he means. <laughs> what? Focusing, too much. Focusing too much on our pain. <laughs> oh, me, 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 me. Yeah. <laughs> A little too much. Yeah, it's But it's funny. At least you're funny. Thank you. Too much and funny is, is okay. Yeah. I think you said we're insufferable because we're talking about meditation. Like, all right, moving Oh, on. my gosh. You, did you hear when you said that? My eyes were, like, rolling up. I know. Yeah. It's like, okay. I, He's well, so right. That. It's like... It's like the stereotypical, and for, excuse me for saying it that way, but like, yeah, you're out, you're in the entertainment world, you're out in Hollywood. It's like, all right, here's your meditation class. Like, go go nuts. Mm -hmm. Like, is that just the, sort of how it works out there? I don't know. I, I don't know. I was, I was I started meditating before I came out here. When, okay. when, when the crazy pills weren't working anymore, I'm like, well, I got to do something else. I can't do this. So, <laughs> you I know love what? that he said oh. he was always rushed to meditate. And then during the pandemic, when he finally <laughs> stopped, he stopped. Yeah, I could like that. Do it now. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. he was. He said he was angry at meditation because he thought, you know, meditation. You're not going to avoid pain in life. So whatever, whatever you drink in the morning to get through the day, whatever you think is going to keep you from feeling pain doesn't happen. You will experience pain in life. The suffering part of it. Is, is, is the stories you tell yourself about the events. That's the kind of shit that you can kind of do without. And hopefully, you know, that happened. Let's move on. That's why you got to stop punishing yourself. Yeah. What did you say about punishing yourself? Well, when he was on Saturday Night Live, when he was doing Weekend Update, he was punishing himself for replacing Norm, even though he had nothing right. to do with it. He was the guy that took the place of Norm. And he goes, I'll show you. I won't enjoy this. <laughs> and he said it was hell because he was punishing himself. And oh, for being... For replacing him. Yeah, but he didn't replace him in his head. That's what he thought it was. That's the story he was telling himself, and that's the way it manifested. That's the problem. It's what? the stories we tell ourselves. You know, it's, it's you have that bad, Adam. Did yeah. you just meet me? <laughs> I, I'm like, that's... Adam, is that reality, what you're thinking right now? In my head, it is. That's why, <laughs> that's why I do the well, insufferable meditation. I can't drink every day. You know, if we had a rubber wall, you'd be banging your head against it. I know. I know. Crazy. Maybe we should install one. Thank you. Thank you. Should you get better? Nah, let's just cage him up. I'm just working with it. I'm yeah. just working with it. Thank you. 
Alex, by the way, uh, they sell rubber walls on Amazon. It's pretty cheap, too. I'll let you know. Okay. okay. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I love what Lauren uh, Michael said. I almost said Lauren Green. That's a different Lauren. Mm-hmm. What Lauren Michael said, uh, you know, when he's like, at some point you have to stop apologizing. Yeah. You know, and just yeah. solve like right through yeah. it all. And like Colin didn't even have like, because he was so in the middle of it. He's like, mm-hmm. what the hell are you talking about? You got to remove yourself from that situation to get the perspective on it. And then when you guys talked about like, being on stage and the self-loathing mm-hmm. and like the audience does pick up on that. If mm-hmm. you're like, what the hell are you laughing at these four? I'm a piece of shit. Why are you laughing at my jokes? You idiots. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you can't, you got to put that stuff. You got, you either going to compartmentalize it or get past it. You know, you can't bring that on stage with you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, the, the, the stage is funny first. That's what I love about Colin. It's funny first. It ain't your therapy, whatever's going on in your head. That's why when I said my state of grace is when I'm just improving with the audience because I'm not thinking there's no agenda. Right. I can just, and I'm a, God has allowed me to let go in that space, you know, and th- that's where my, my truth lies anyway. But it's not a therapy session. You do no. have to put on a show. It does have to be funny. That's what, that's what I liked. Yeah. It's funny first. Yeah. 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 So, and Along with that, I mm. liked when he said, it really um, rang a bell with me when he said, nobody has the truth. Yeah. It's just they have solutions. Solutions are the truth. And yeah. No one has those. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, 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 it's true. I, I mean, no one knows. Yeah, really. But, yeah, the if you, you think about to, it. You have to be aware that you don't know. Like, well, I just got to tell it like it is. Really? You're yeah. the keeper of reality. <laughs> yeah. The one person who has the truth. Yeah. I, I have a couple of people in my life that are. And you run across them every now and then. They're, I just got to tell it like it is. No, you don't. It's called tact. Yeah. <laughs> you keep your mouth shut because you don't know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I think you can make suggestions or say, this is what happened to me. Yeah. You know, that, that keeps it kind of, hey, it's your life. You do what you want. Yeah. This is what I experienced. But yeah, when people tell you, you know. This is how it is. This is how, according the, to your. The, the you should walk you, away. You yeah. should walk away. This is how it is, yeah, according to your perspective and belief system. That's why I go, my belief system says I can't do this. Fine, don't do it. My mm-hmm. belief system says you can't do this. Now we got a problem. Right. Now we yeah. got a problem. Yeah, that's yeah. where freedom is. Let's all be free. We'll all be free, for God's sake. Does that make you feel better, Phil? No. All right, no, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm trying to make him feel better. At least you are, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I want to thank my pal Colin Quinn. He hates doing these things, but he's great at it, and I'm glad he did it for us. I think he loves you, Adam. You do? Yes. I'd like to think that as well. Hey, Colin, you don't know me, but I love you, brother. Keep doing (laughs) what you do, man. I'm not going to hide that, okay? And Adam, I love you, too. Alex, I love you, too. And all the listeners, I love all you guys. Ditto. He's going to die any minute, this kid. Listen to him. There's something he's not telling me. Are, t- are you sick, Stern? Are you trying to get this all out now? I'm not saying nothing. I just love everybody. Oh, he's just, he's in the now. Yeah. He's in the now of love. Love it. Honey, if they want to get a hold of us, where do they go? The Adam Ferrara at Gmail. Love, love, love. <laughs> yeah, baby. Love it. Love. Please leave us a review. That helps us with our friend. Mr. Algorithm. Come love. see me on the road. I would love to make you laugh. And remember, we're all in this together, <laughs> brothers and sisters. So share the road. And remember, life is hard. So you take it easy on yourself. The pod's ended. Go in peace. Are we clear? God, I f- hate everybody. I knew Stern was full of The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now, all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. 
bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.